Hi guys and welcome back to Investing Should Be Easy. I'm your host Alex Richwagon and uh, Happy New Year. Hope you had a successful, safe, and New Year full of uh, plenty of fun festivities, fireworks, and plenty of shenanigans. Ours was pretty chill at the house. We had a good fire pit. We were going to go to dinner, but as you know, I've talked about my daughter a few times in this podcast, and you don't always get to make your own decisions when it comes to the child. So we were going to go to dinner, have a nice outing, come back at probably 10, 11 o'clock. However, she was acting really fussy, and I decided to make a break for it and went and got some organic steaks from Publix and a lobster tail, which was quite delicious. So everything worked out just fine. But the end of the day, the kid rules the day and makes the rules, as you know. So uh, we got a good show planned for you today. This is a third installment of a three-part series. The subject is how to find stock investments because I've got a bunch of mailbag questions on how do you find investments, how do you look for them, what methods do you go to, and honestly, there's multiple. You can rely on others' research, you can do your own research, you can use common sense, which we talked about in the first installment. Last week we talked about how to break down an ETF that you may have gotten right or wrong and to look for better opportunities. And this week we're going to go into a stock screener and how that works in order to locate investments of criteria that you pick out. I'll give you some hints and give you some ideas, so don't worry about that. If you have questions or comments or things you want to send me an email and cover on the show, go ahead and shoot me a note to alex.richwagon at gmail.com and go ahead and visit the website alexrichwagon.com. And that's a G-E-N at the end of Richwagon. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started in three, two, one, cue the music. Investing should be easy. All right, we're back. So in today's show, I mentioned the top of the show, we're going to look at a third vehicle to how to find stock investments. And I would compare this, and I wrote about this in my book, um, Investing Should Be Easy, which you can pick up on Amazon, whatever. And this is kind of like the Wall Street way, if you will. If you know how to break down a company's financial statements, this could be a really good vehicle for you to find specific ideas and companies within certain domains. So tonight we're going to look at two screens. They're going to be relatively similar. And the only difference is is the market capitalization within the companies. We want to understand how to run the screener first. And then I want to show you how to look for companies that you may have heard of. And then start looking at it from that perspective because until you really start researching companies, you're going to have a good feel of it. And then you can start having comfortable conversations when somebody brings up a a la Honeywell. says, how do you know Honeywell's doing this year? And you just kind of hit it right off the top of your head. Oh, they had a a return of about 40% this year. They pay a 1% to 2% dividend. They had a really strong growth. They're really into automation and artificial intelligence, smart home technology, which could all be good plays. I talked about it in one of my episodes this year as a um, dividend reinvestment plan vehicle, which could be found, I want to say it was on Wells Fargo Shareholder Services, which I'll post the link on the site, so don't worry about that. 
So let's go ahead and jump into today's segment, which again is a stock screener. And we're going to go through Finviz, which is one of my favorite sites because A, it's free and you can get a ton of good information on there that you can rely on to make your selections, if you will. So first thing I did is bring up Finviz. It's F-I-N-V-I-Z dot com. And on the first, there's four pieces of the screen. And one's the descriptive element, which we'll talk about those. There's fundamental and there's technical analysis. We're going to start with the descriptive analysis. If you want to play back the episode and follow along with me so you can go through this yourself, by all means, that's the, that's the point of the education. And so in descriptive analysis, the first thing I want to look at is um, they've got things like exchange, earning dates, target price. A lot of that stuff, don't care. But what I do care about is the market capitalization, which tells me how much risk reward is out there for this investment. So I'm going to start off with a mid cap, which they have defined as two to 10 billion. I'm also going to plug in the dividend yield as none because if they pay a dividend yield, that's fine. But if they don't, I don't care because that means they're not paying shareholder dividends. However, they are putting that money back to use in their capitalization of their company to reinvest and to grow maybe a factory, open up a new product line, other things that could be important to growing the business itself. I scroll to the right. Again, I'm skipping over things like current volume and price. Price doesn't matter because it really matters of price to earnings per share. And then industry, I'm putting stocks only. And then I want to go ahead and jump over to fundamental analysis. So the only thing I've done so far, as I said, give me mid-cap stocks, which again is a market capitalization. How big is the company today? Companies that are $2 billion to $10 billion in size as far as what their market capitalization is, which is a multiple of the outstanding shares times the market price, a dividend yield of none, um, which you want to change that to over, over 0%, no big deal. Industry is stocks, so any, any industry you can pick, but we're going to start with stocks to see how many positions we get. And then I'm going to jump over to fundamental analysis. This is something we've talked about a lot of shows. The fundamental analysis is taking a company's balance sheet, their income statement, their cash flow statement, and coming up with specific ratios. You don't have to memorize all these ratios. Wall Street does it for you. There's a lot of free information out there. You just got to know what to pick. First thing I want to do is um, the price to earnings. I want to make sure it's a profitable company. So I want to hit price to earnings is profitable, and then I want to hit forward price to earnings is profitable. I don't want anybody that hasn't it isn't making any money in the radar because if it's one of my first companies, maybe I want to be a little more secure. Maybe I want to be a little more cautious with this. So next thing I want to do is say I want to let somebody that's going to grow. And so I want to go to earnings per share growth, which is EPS for next five years. That means they're going to expand their current price to earnings ratio and they're going to have more growth to sustain the business model. And then I went ahead and go over to the third column and selected current ratio. Again, current ratio is a it's an easy di division, if you will, divisible. Current assets over current liabilities. How much does the is the company are they in debt or are they at least not in debt? And a safe ratio is, is 1.0. 
I'm going 0.5, over 0.5 just to be safe. And then I selected their net profit margin of positive, which you'd think is common sense good, but if the company is growing at a rapid pace and they don't have enough customers yet, excuse me, or they've got something else going on, maybe it's going to be negative for a few more quarters before they can start earning money, a.k.a. the Amazon model, which has skyrocketed over the last five to ten years. So not exactly terrible if that's negative. And then I went ahead and just hit run. And then I come up with, looks like, 30 companies based on my criteria. So the first thing I want to do is say, are there any companies in here that I recognize to start with that I would maybe feel comfortable putting my own hard-earned money behind? Scanning the list, first one that jumps out is Floor & Decor. I bought my tile from there, and I thought they had really good pricing. They, the service, if they wanted to do more, they would pay. They would do for it. But overall, I felt like I got a good deal for my money. That's one idea. Grubhub, which is a growing segment in online delivery. That's another segment I see in here. Let's go to page two. Again, only 30 holdings, so not a big list to run through. And then right away on page two, I see two companies that I absolutely know what they do, and I'd love to find out more about their business model. First is LendingTree, which if you don't know how LendingTree works, they are a financial services mortgage investment company. And they are the leader when it comes to finding the best mortgage rate for your interest. So just like a Expedia, hey, I want to know the best hotel prices and give me a lot of brands. They do the same thing with mortgages. You plug in your information, you give them your social, and they'll spit out 10 offers for your mortgage interest and let the banks compete against you because their phrase is when banks compete, you win. Another one is Yelp. Yelp Inc. is they are online reviews for companies. And if you, you know, haven't heard of Yelp, really, really helpful. It's something that a lot of people utilize for restaurants, if you will, and any kind of product or reviews to literally make their choices on what they want to do. So right off the bat, I ran a screen. I came up with four names that now I at least know what the company does because one of the fundamental questions that I always talk about in the book is if you're going to invest with the company, you want to know what they do. How do they make money? I know it sounds simple on the surface, but did everybody know how Google made money? Did all the valuation experts know that? Did people know how Amazon's making money? Amazon's making money on a segment of their business, the majority that didn't even exist 10 years ago. It's Amazon Web Services. They made a play to get scaled into getting people into the cloud to get their businesses up and running, and they're selling that services at a, at a much higher premium multiple. That's how they're growing fast. Lending tree, I have to dive into their fundamentals to see if that was something else I'd look at. Same thing with Yelp. Doesn't doesn't necessarily say I'm going to go out and buy these names just because they passed my stock screener, but it gives me an idea of who to look at, which companies to review. So that's, again, one stock screener. Let's see if I can – let me copy this link just on the fly. All right, so I went ahead and did, uh, got one link there. And the only thing I want to do – I said I was going to run two simple screeners tonight, 
is I'm going to go ahead and change, go back to the descriptive one, and change two things. I'm going to change the market cap from $2 billion to $10 million to a small cap company, which is $300 million to $2 billion, a little more stable. Then on the fundamental side, I'm going to change my net profit margin to anything. That should open up the box a little bit more. So again, I've got the same kind of, I want a profitable company. I want them big or not too big. And I want to see what I can figure out just on stock screener by changing it from a mid, mid cap to a small cap or a, yeah, it's exactly a small cap. So again, just going to kind of start looking through the list here and look to see who's doing what, which companies do I know? AK, AK Steel Holding Company, I've heard of them. Let me scroll down, keep going. Marine Max. Marine Max is a their services specialty retailer. They sell boats, hence, hence the marine in there. And let's go to page two, see if there's anything else in here I see. Care.com. Care.com is an interesting one. They supply, um, they're, they're like a connector of buyer to seller. I use care.com to look for a nanny when we when we're trying to get a nanny for my child at home and care.com was the facilitator in that transaction so I could go look at a bunch of nannies. We ended up going with another provider which is called Sitter City. However, at least I know something about it. Let me go to page two. Is there anybody else I know in here? I don't see any other names that I specifically know. However, something that just pops to me right away is something that's in a very good growing market. There's a company called Smart Global Holdings, which does semiconductor memory chips. And anybody that's looked at the market these last year or so, if you notice, NVIDIA has been one of the hottest growing stocks. And guess what they do? Semiconductor memory chips. This market cap's under a billion. They've got a high price to earnings ratio. Seems reasonably priced. They've they're up. Looks like I have to go look into the next phase to see what's going on. But these are how I start getting ideas is run these screens just basically on some very easy fundamental things that you can run. I love Finviz. I guess again, it's a free service. Let me just go ahead and grab this. I'll put these links out on the page when I post the uh, podcast this week. But I, I wanted to walk you through like the first time we went through how to find investments it said, Maybe you're just an everyday consumer. You don't want to get bogged down in these numbers, but you know what you like and you know other people like it too. Odds are it's a popular thing if it's a certain brand, a dress, a shirt, a service, car wash company, whatever. Common sense investing, you probably interact with something like 20, 30 investments on a daily basis. Just think about it. All the things in your home, your apartment, who rents it, who leases the company out. Who owns your car? Who produces a radio? When you, how many restaurants do you pass by on a daily basis? What you, what's your favorite restaurant to go eat at? All things like that. And then we talked about last week is I, I tried to fix one of my mistakes that I made. It wasn't a bad mistake. It's just a I lost opportunity to make more investment on my um, return on my investment, which was um, an ETF called Hack, which is a cybersecurity company. And cybersecurity ETF, which is basically a basket of stocks. Make sure I say that right again. An ETF is a basket of stocks, kind of like a mutual fund. 
to lower your risk. That was two steps. I took all the top holdings in the ETF, I think it was the top 25 holdings, and then diagnosed it and said, which one of the biggest opportunities in here? And I'm already up, I think, like 10 15% on those three investments each, which is great. Tonight, we went over a stock screener through finviz.com, F-I-N-V-I-Z.com, and literally just to put in a few, I think we went with seven different um, channels, I found about eight different ideas that I can, again, go back and find out what do these companies do, how are they making money, are they profitable lately, what's the guidance look like in the future, and then start pinning that down to maybe one or two. And then I'd be in business, and that's how I started with my investment portfolio. But just like we learned from about a month or so ago, when we look, when I looked at what was the company? <clears throat> oh, Johnson Controls. Johnson Controls had spun off another investment called Adiant, and Adiant had grown eighty percent last year. And Johnson Controls was down 20%. So just because I looked up one company, it gave me another idea for another, which is always positive. And these are the kind of things that I want to bring to you and help you with your learning information. So this was the third part in a four-part series. Next week, we're going to talk about research in a different capacity to look for investing ideas and start putting it all together as we move into 2018 for a good, solid investment plan. If you, again, if you have any questions, comments, don't hesitate to send me an email at alex.richwagon at gmail.com and visit the website alexrichwagon.com g-e-n at the end of richwagon i hope you guys are off to a fantastic start we're two calling a couple days in the new year and um, we'll see you next week in seven days bye guys have a good one alex richwagon is an investment research analyst any of his recommendations are that of mr richwagon the information presented is the opinion of his and only his research you should not base your investment decision based solely on his opinion Remember, it's your money and your responsibility.